Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever it is you're listening from. My name is Bev Chahonyo, and this is Beverly Speaks. Welcome back to season three. This is episode 2.2. Last week, we met Kemi, a career coach, an HR um, professional, uh, a lover of life. We heard her speak about her journey to finding her identity, to purpose. We heard her speak about the things that make her passionate and how she equips people to find their purpose career-wise. And then we got into the more sensitive side of things. Kemi started to tell to tell us about 2020 and how Corona had walked right into her home. We stopped at the point where she was trying to grapple with both her husband and her mother having been having tested positive with COVID on the same day. I believe this was on the 4th of April, 2020. Come listen to the rest of her story about what happened, how she overcame, how she is healing. But first, we'll have a little bit of a recap from last week. If you didn't listen to the entire episode, go back. It'll be worth it. Welcome to Beverly Speaks. Welcome, The Career Doctor. So it was my husband's birthday on the 30th, Monday. Again, we couldn't go out, we couldn't celebrate, um, but um, we made do, so we made do. But on the Monday, which was my husband's birthday, um, I get a call, so my sister calls me and says, oh, mom's not feeling too well. Um, she called She called my sister, and my sister asked her to call an ambulance, because at this point she said um, that she was short of breath. And so, I said, okay, she's called an ambulance. By the time my sister got to my mum's, the ambulance was there and they said to her, no, you can't um, come in because of COVID. So we you can't even come to the hospital um, because of COVID. And at this point, you know, it was the height of COVID. Many people were in hospital and, you know, you couldn't visit anyone and it was really tough. And on that day, my husband had started to cough really badly on his birthday. Mm. And we thought, no, this is unusual. Like, you know, you don't just develop a cough. So you need to ring um, 911 and just find out, you know, just explain to them what the symptoms are and, you know, let's just be careful. Of course, he's telling me, oh, no, you know, it's not my portion, as you would as a as a mm. as an African man who believes, you know, you know, I'm, I'm strong and, you know, I don't have COVID and all of this nonsense. Um, and he's saying it's not my portion in Jesus name. But of course, whilst you believe as a Christian, 
um, you you also have to take precautions. So I was like, no, okay, yeah, I I believe with you, I agree, but you still need to make that phone call anyway. So um, all on all in the same day. Anyway, so I thought, okay, Tuesday came, the hospital rang to say that my mother had been tested positive for COVID, and I thought, okay, that's not great she was on oxygen at this point um and then my husband also rang and they'd said yep you need to self-isolate oh wow gosh you know this is this is real you know this is coming at me too you know um so on the tuesday i decided okay fine i'm gonna go into the hospital Um, to see my mum you know we can't not see her Um, and at this point I think they had relaxed some of the rules a little bit such that one person could come in to see could you know visit Mm. Um, so by the time I got to the hospital so the hospital was packed so the car park was I was going round and round it took me I was going round I'd say at least half an hour going round looking for wow at the end I thought you know what I don't care, so I did. I'm just going to park somewhere. And if I get a ticket, I get a ticket. I really don't care because at this point, I just need to see my mom, right? Mm. So I just parked on the road on the yellow line, didn't really care. Um, by the time I got into the hospital, my sister had already, um, so she already got there before me and she was allowed in. Now, I wasn't allowed in because, of course, um, they were only admitting one one per person yeah and what they said to me was for the entire duration of her stay in the hospital um it would just be my sister coming in and out so no one else would be allowed to see her and I thought oh, that's a bit rubbish but anyway it's fine because she'll she'll come out okay um I then told my sister so I was in the hospital I then told my sister to put her on so I rang her and said put her video cam on Mm-hmm. and you know speak to her and see how she's doing and all of this so you know it was fine um I she was on oxygen at first I thought oh my gosh what's become of my mum she looked a bit different already all in the space of many days because she only went in on Monday I saw her on Saturday right so the Saturday right. in I was at her place um with my sister and we were we had this um fellowship it was really interesting we had a fellowship and we were praying and singing and it was really you know really refreshing so when i saw her on cam i thought hmm she looks a bit different and you know anyway i didn't say much all i said was mom don't worry you'll be fine you know when you come out we're going to go to church and testify and you know thank god for you know this whole rubbish of the covid and you know get through it and you know never mind I'm you know your outfit's going to be amazing and I'm looking forward to like being on the altar in church and just testifying and all of this and my mom was I don't know it's almost like she knew what was coming and she just was staring and didn't say anything but just was just nodding like yeah 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 like carry on with all those dreams (laughs) carry on (laughs) do you think she knew I think so I think so I absolutely think so because she wasn't she wasn't that responsive as much as I was going on and just saying you know don't worry and da, 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 and all of this she didn't she wasn't, yeah she just didn't say much um so that was Tuesday mm-hmm. so I then don't forget 
my husband had he'd been told to self-isolate on Tuesday so I had to do all the shopping food everything we needed to make sure that he was able to self-isolate in a room um on the Tuesday so you know spoke to my mom so you're juggling all this yes within a space of two days yes um at this point I forgot about work because I thought you know work's not really important right now mm-hmm. um even though I was being called and trying to look at my emails on and off and you know doing that as well um and so Tuesday night yeah went shopping did everything I could um and then Tuesday night I felt like calling my mom Tuesday I remember so clearly it was seven o'clock I felt like calling her to just sing Mm. um and just sing along with her and you know pray and then I thought no she's had a long day um quite a few people have been you know calling her blah 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 you know and typically if anything happens to my mom so she's been a bit unwell so before the whole covid thing Mm. um, she's never like shared her not being unwell with my dad or with anyone because she doesn't like to trouble anyone but Mm -hmm. on occasion on the tuesday she said to my sister can you tell my dad can she can my sister tell dad that she's in hospital and we Mm. thought "Hmm, hold on my mom's never she would never say that if anything's wrong she just never likes to make anyone feel like panic or you know she just never do it Mm. her saying to my sister oh tell tell dad that she's in hospital I thought hmm that's a bit odd Mm. and tell my brother you know I thought that's a bit odd why would she say that but anyway this is all on Tuesday Uh, which seemed a very long day so at seven o'clock I was feeling oh I need to call my mom but I thought "Mm, well if everyone's been trying to reach her and she's been calling everyone she'll probably be tired must be tired on oxygen and I don't want to stress her so I'll leave it till tomorrow and just you know maybe in the morning see if I can be let in or something I don't know maybe they changed their mind about the rules or whatever whatever it was Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time I finished on Tuesday night to, to crash, I literally crashed Tuesday night. So my phone rang um, in the early hours of the morning. It was the hospital trying to contact me. I didn't hear my phone ring because, of course, I was mm-hmm. from, you know, trying to make sure the children were OK to my husband, you know, self-isolating properly to my mum being in hospital to work and all those things. So. Wednesday morning my sister then calls me round about five o'clock in the morning mm. my mom had gone and I oh, wow. gone where wow. I thought no no it can't be so my initial reaction just it was almost like somebody poured water all over me mm. I was feeling like huh numb just like yeah gone how how did that happen why well, like she just got into hospital like it must be somebody else honestly it was absolute shock 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 horror so i then had to call my brother my older brother who um is in nigeria mm-hmm. nigeria at the time and my younger brother is also in nigeria so I had to call him and I had to be the brave one this time to break the news. 
because of course you know that's not the sort of thing you want to hear or so I just you know called my brother and said well you know you know this is a situation he went quiet he just went absolutely quiet um and I said you know what and I had to be brave and I said you know what mom tried she fought um and I just had to come up with all these words to console my brother my older brother which like a responsibility on me to just be the strong one to say do you know what we're all going to be fine we're all going to get through this it's fine um it's not fine but we'll be fine yeah and so um that was wednesday morning right so i got up got out of bed had a shower just pretended like everything was normal it was so weird so weird pretended everything was normal you know spoke to the children spoke to my husband didn't say anything to them at this point you didn't say anything to them say anything at all didn't say anything um just had a shower um sat down i couldn't even eat couldn't do anything um the first thing i did was contact my boss and said i'm going to be off work because mm. my mom's just passed so i actually told my boss before i told anyone in the house um because i thought i have got a responsibility to work and you know of course i don't want to let anyone down so make sure that that end is you know tied up and so he's mm-hmm. asking or emailing me or phoning me mm. um and then i did that and i then decided okay so who am i going to tell first to the children or my husband because my husband's very very emotional very mm-hmm. um so my husband and so I had to break the news and he just screamed and again don't forget he was self isolating so I couldn't hug yeah. I couldn't touch I couldn't you know it was just like okay yeah but don't come near me <laughs> like yeah um and he just burst out crying um and I just had to shut the door I shut the door and just left him left him um and um yeah just left him crying and, and and that was it and then um i didn't tell the children until evening time or so but um again yeah they reacted quite um badly but yeah and um and that was on the 1st of april mm-hmm. um yeah so so yeah that that was and then um in the process i i started to ask questions again and that's how i um discovered who i was as well but on the 4th of april on the 4th of april and i remember this so clearly mm. um me just saying to god you know what's going on and he said so in such a reassuring way that i am your father <laughs> and the scripture that came to my mind was in romans chapter 8 verse 15 um where it says something along the lines of that we've not received the spirit of bondage to fear but we've received the spirit of adoption uh by which we cry abba father right that was what stuck in my head and i have to say to you till today bev till today that tone has given me so much reassurance confidence like everything I I need to get through 2020 just knowing that you know and the funny thing is in 2018 November I remember so clearly I heard it he said you can call me father 
And I pay attention to it. I, I knew it, but I just didn't pay attention to it. And when I heard it again on the 4th of April, it made so much sense. <laughs> now that she has gone, now that my mother has gone, whilst my biological father is still alive, I'm taking that place. <laughs> the place of your mother and father. Yeah. So the even as I'm speaking, goosebumps all over me. <laughs> There's it's that reassurance that what does it said to me? What does a father do? What does an earthly father do? And I started to write down responsibilities of, a, of an earthly father. And he said to me, if your earthly father can do that, how much more? do you think I will do as your heavenly father? And I thought, whoa, okay, that's just blown my mind because now I don't worry about anything. I don't need to talk to anyone about anything, but God, I don't need <laughs> I'm to. I'm good. It, it, it was so, I don't know how to put it, but it was such a relief and it just came with peace, with calmness, with everything that I needed to just get through the whole 2020, you know. I'll tell you this. Um... When my dad died, and you know the story I've yeah. shared with yeah. you, and a, f- a couple of weeks back I called and we spoke about it as well. For me, it was that year, because he died on the 25th of June, 2018. And it was from that moment on, the entire 2018 into 2019, through 2020, wow. 20, that I have fully understood the role of a father in two ways first because he's not here so you appreciate because sometimes you take for granted what you do not have or what you have so you don't really delve deep into it but secondly in his absence and in god stepping in in so many instances that are so distinct in my mind Mm. where i knew that was god i knew that was god Mm. so i i everything you're saying resonates with me very well yeah 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 and so if i were to ask if i may ask where are you how are you and where are you right now in your grief journey so i'm to be do you know what so this is a question that it's almost like i it's an interesting question because during the funeral, because I had an encounter, um, and I can, if I go into it, we won't end this conversation today. Encounter, <laughs> right? And when I went to see my mom, where she lay, just before we laid her to rest, mm. and I heard her say things to me like, the first thing she said was, "Be bold and courageous." And in that process, I it's given me that strength that I need. Mm. So typically, when you attend funerals, you're expected, it's almost like you're expected to be distraught, you're expected to be emotional and all over the place, but I don't feel that. And in some ways, and I have to say, during the funeral, I thought, what would people think <laughs> that she's hard-hearted? Like, she's, she's just, she's got no emotions. Because <laughs> the thing is, you know, you're expected, and this is just a cultural thing. I have to say. I was going to say, especially if you're African. Yes, it's a given thing that you know when people die, you're meant to, you know, be distraught and all all over the place. And because I wasn't doing that, I almost felt guilty that, hold on, I'm meant to be doing this. 
But on the other hand, I felt like, hold on, no, God has got my back. I've got enormous strength, but I can't even explain to you where it's come from. So when you ask me where I am, I'm well, but at the same time, of course I have my moments. Of course I have my good moments and not so good moments where, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I'm tearful. When I start to think about, you know, things that my mum put me through and, you know, the the things we shared and, you know, the questions I still have sometimes, certain people and certain things. And I thought, oh, she's gone. I'm not, never going to get an answer to that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do have my good moments and not so good moments. But in all, you know, just thinking about it on average, I've been well. And you know, and I think it's because the, the, the it's because God has showed up for me mm. ways that I never could have comprehended. So you know, when I'm feeling that emotion and I'm welling up and I'm about to almost go into that depression if you like Mm. I just hear God say but I'm your father I'm your father like it's almost like but why are you why are you feeling this I'm here and so I'm it kind of prevents me from going into that downward spiral if you like of Mm. just not feeling well because he's got my back and where I am I'm, I'm okay yes I have my not so good moments but mm. in general yeah i i'm i'm coping well i have to say okay well yeah so i i i do have to say this again i'm so sorry for your pain mm. but i'm so encouraged by your journey and your story and your testimony as well and i will say this as well there is no there is no right or wrong way to mourn or to grieve so when you said you you thought you know what are they going to think you're supposed to act in a certain way yeah. it's such a personal thing it does not even matter yeah. it's such a personal thing oh yeah. my goodness it doesn't matter what people think or how you do it what matters is that you do it uh you honor your journey you honor your your faith you honor your you honor your journey and and you honor God in it, and he'll he because he's got you. It's going to be okay, yeah. even on the not so good days, which are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, of course. And yeah. I have to say, um, when we had that conversation about um, you sharing with me that, just let it go, just express it. Doesn't matter. I it was the relief that came with that as well. Was like, oh, okay, I don't need to, you know, I don't ne- unnecessarily need to be strong if I need to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to shout. If I even laugh, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to just express how you feel because that's that's okay. It's important to live in the moment, whatever the moment is. Mm. So if 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 that moment is anger, yes, and that anger is stemming from grief, and anger is one of the five steps of the grief journey, Mm. then live in that moment, but in as much as you can try and be conscious because what you don't want to do is to break relationships or alienate people because you're angry in the moment and these are relationships that you will need later also so to be gracious in it Mm -hmm. or graceful uh in that moment but what i learned to do is to find a safe place and sometimes that safe place was just me and god 
and some sometimes that safe place was you know it was my mom or it was you know it was a person or it was just me and god so find that safe place to do whatever extreme you need to do to get you through your healing journey because you have to go through it in order to come out on the other side and with you taking care of everybody you still and you still are you have to go through it in order to be okay for them mm, mm, mm. you can't carry people if you're limping yes absolutely. yeah absolutely and we'll keep having that conversation and again this this particular topic by itself could be a series so mm. let's <laughs> move on yeah. i can't believe it's already been an hour so we're going to keep going it, it, i almost feel like this might be two different episodes but let's keep going okay so we're coming to the end and i'm going to ask you a series of questions that are becoming customary for season 3 to end with these questions number 1 Do you consider yourself to be courageous? Wow. Um wow. I would say yes. And the reason why I would say yes is because I think courage courage is 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 something that um comes um with confidence. So so if you're if so my confidence is in the assurance that God has got my back. And so if I am aware of that then it gives me the courage. So basically courage to me means just pressing forward in the face of whether it's fear or adversity or it's moving forward. Mm. I think at this stage in my life yes. Now the funny thing is if you ask me that question before my mom passed I would tell you no. <laughs> but if said no. But actually because of this whole thing that's happened it's made me and i know it sounds odd mm. made me courageous because i i have the confidence i had the backing of god and yeah what pushes me to do things to move forward to to think do you know what if god's got my back hey i can do that i can do anything, anything. i do not care now i may do it trembling i may do it carefully <laughs> but it doesn't stop me from wanting to do it courage is not the absence of fear yeah courage is the ability to do it in spite of your yes, fear absolutely 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 okay um what's your message to 20 year old kemi or lukemi wow the <laughs> message um it would have to be know who god has made you so it have to be something around your identity in christ Mm. knowing who you are in Christ. Mm. Think if I knew who I was in Christ in my oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. Girl, you know, I I'm having flashbacks right now. <laughs> and I'm like if only I wow. knew. I would have made wow. such different decisions. Yes. Yes. And I'd have gone for so much more. So much more. the sky now limit yes sky isn't even the limit <laughs> no limit <laughs> literally the world is your oyster yes. you know but at the same time i realized that i'm exactly where i needed to be in this moment in time based on god's journey god's plan for me right and i get that because actually one of my favorite places in scripture is where it says all things work together for good to them of God and accord according to his purpose. So for me, even though I feel oh, I could have done a whole lot more, 
I'm right in the center of God's plan. And yeah. the things that I probably didn't do actually doesn't really matter because where no. I am now is where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have and if you have a, this this urge or this longing to do something and you're still able to do it, do it. Yeah. Nothing's stopping you except yeah. the pandemic. Mm. But you know, nothing else is stopping us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's your message to Kemi 20 years from today? Oh, um, it'd probably be the reverse of that. So it would be to have big dreams. Don't don't limit, don't let anything. So what I say is everything seems impossible until it's done exactly so what i might think, oh gosh i can't no it says i haven't done it it's because you haven't done it <laughs> yeah i really like that yeah what's the one lesson you want to pass on to your children oh um i think it goes back to what i would have wanted to know it's about knowing yourself mm-hmm. knowing yourself so and I, I even teach this, actually. It's about knowing who you are, not just in Christ, but knowing your personality, the things you like, the things you don't like, where you thrive, how you, how you, the, just everything about you, really, knowing who you are. Because I think the minute you know who you are and your good bad whatever it is it helps you build fantastic relationships mm-hmm. you communicate it helps everything else that that you know it helps it it just helps your journey in life yeah yeah that's true it helps you find the right places to work the right people to 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 call your friends you know the right people to associate with it just helps it helps everything a whole lot to just yeah Okay. And who you're not. And who you're not. And who you're not. I think that's really important because I think peer pressure makes us yeah. do things that that are not for us and engage in behaviors and activities that are not building us and are not for our future. So who you're not, I think, is almost more important than who you are. Wow. I feel like who you're not, it helps you navigate your way to your true north, which is who you are. Yeah. Do you know, Bev, um, just saying that, it reminds me of, and I know we've been going on for long now because I can easily... Girl, these are, these are two different episodes. I'm just saying that right now. I'm going to split it into two. There'll be career and then there'll be life. So I think, honestly, it just reminds me of um, the story of David in the Bible. So he mm-hmm. went to face Goliath. He was authentic to himself. When he was given all the, you know, regalia, everything to, 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 you know, go against Goliath, he tried it and he was like, this isn't me. I can't, I can't. This isn't me. I can't move. I can't breathe. What on earth? So allow me to use the sling and five, you know, smooth stones to do what I need to do. Yep. And so him just being true to himself alone was liberating and he got victory i like that i like that and then i I, just almost tied to that and when you mentioned david and goliath it has brought another thought to my mind and i promise we are winding down i promise there's only three more questions and then we're winding down but it brings to, to to mind another um 
another aspect which is you know why don't bemoan your past or your mistakes at the expense of your future so it would have been very easy for every time Saul came against David for him to say oh but I slayed Goliath and woe is me and so it, that whole victim mentality and I think that's what is so honorable about you Kemi you are not a victim you refuse to be a victim yes mm. you know and and I think that is just that's just so honorable so okay three more questions we're getting there <laughs> um <laughs> And I think you've answered the second part, but I'm going to ask what dreams and aspirations uh, that you're willing to share with us do you have yet unachieved? And what keeps them from being unachieved, which is the second part, which I think you've answered. So I would break that into, I mean, this is a double-barreled, triple-barreled <laughs> um, question. Really, because when, when I think about dreams and aspirations, I tend to categorize um, my dreams and aspirations so from a um, spiritual element um, financial whether it's social whether it's family whether it's career so it has different strands but spiritually um, I have dreams and aspirations of just having a fantastic walk with God to the point where even as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm I'm just hearing God telling me what to say and I'm just speaking the mind of God and I'm just being used, used as a vessel all the time. So whether it's in my career, whether it's I'm talking to my children, I'm just downloading heaven. I would love that. That's something yeah. that I would absolutely... Now, what's keeping me from achieving that? Of course, it takes you know, discipline. It takes being consistent it takes it so it's it's hard work you mm. being in that space where you can download every two seconds what what's the mind of god and actually just knowing the mind of god for the next i would say five years so what's, yeah. gonna, what's going on what do i need to, how do i need to align myself such that in the next five years it'll be a walk in the park i won't have to worry so i've seen what's going to happen uh, you know miles ahead and i've prepped myself I've aligned and positioned myself for what's coming ahead so that would mm. that, the, the spiritual angle um what other dreams so in terms of my career of course there are other things you know I've been making a list for 2021 and one of the big things that I want to do again it's it'll take a lot of courage <laughs> for me to do it but I really want to do it, and I think 2021 it is is TEDx mm. talk um Oh wow! Yes. I would so travel for that. <laughs> yes. I'm so getting on a plane for that. COVID be gone. So, yes, I would love to do that. Now, again, what's stopping me? What has stopped me in the past? I think you know. Don't forget what I said about being um, not having the courage in the past. You know, just going through this painful season has allowed me to think. Do you know what? You can go ahead and do it go ahead and do it you know I've I've now been given it's almost like I've been given the ammunition carte blanche to just go for it girl because this is what I've always wanted to do it always for many years and I've just never been in that place of I'm ready um so now yes that's one of my dreams for 2021 I'm not dreaming big enough apparently <laughs> Like you have just shamed some of my dreams. Like you've shrunk them. And I thought they were like, 
big hairy audacious goals but now i'm gonna have a side conversation with you because apparently i need to up my dream game (laughs) okay last two questions walking into 2021 as the career doctor what piece of advice would you give anyone struggling in their career Hmm. so for anyone struggling in their career i would say you don't need you shouldn't have to struggle in your career struggling in your career is a sign that something is fundamentally wrong yeah and so my thing is you would need to take a seat back and do a bit of reflection on why am i struggling what am i struggling with what does this show up for me why am i struggling so a lot of people i think struggle because they're in the wrong place and i think we've touched on this before they're struggling yeah. because they're they're in a place that doesn't play to their strengths that doesn't play to their talents their personality their their passion and they end up in this career because you know either it seems it's good money or it's you know for the status or for the demand that you know i'm i'm in high demand and all factors which can sometimes derail us from being in the place where we should be um so for anyone who's struggling i would say you know just take a step back and think am i in the right place am i really in the right place and if not what can i do to be in the right place so for example if you're in a job that doesn't allow you to that you're not flourishing in then how can you augment that role how can you make it your own how can you pending the time that you find the right career so for example if you're in the wrong you find out that actually you're in the wrong career then how can you make do with what you have now so Mm. said that you know love the work you do until you find the work you love you love so once you're doing what you're doing try to make it your own don't don't see it as and also be grateful for it be grateful for it so gratitude is one of the things that 2020 has really taught me to be be grateful mm-hmm. for wherever mm. you are so wherever you are right now is someone else's prayer point wherever yes someone else is praying to be where you are so be grateful that you actually have a career even if you're struggling just be grateful for it. <laughs> honestly it's it's yeah being great you are preaching good i'm about to send you an offering just wait <laughs> <laughs> okay and finally we are now down to the wire give us your parting shots mm. i think it would have to be stay true to yourself authenticity it's so so important don't live someone else's life whether it's through your career whether it's through anything you're doing whether it's a job whether it's your business live the life that god has designed you for yeah just be you on a holiday i find it interesting I find it interesting you said that God has designed you for and a lot of people would have said that God has designed for you. I like the way your mind works, mm. Olukemi. Mm. 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 And be unapologetically yes. you. I yes. love that. Yes. Yes. Because what okay. happens is and, and this has just come to my mind. So if you think about your entire body, right? Your head, 
ears, your eyes, your mouth. Can you imagine if your mouth wants to be your ears? Can you imagine if your mouth wants to be your legs? And so you're looking, you're looking around. You're hilarious. You're looking around because your mouth wants to be your feet. That's horrible. But yes, that just makes so much sense. Right? Why would you want to be someone else? You know, why would you want to be someone else? Why? Especially so you might think that the feet lead everywhere e- everywhere you go but the feet also step in a lot of caca yes. i mean so until you've walked literally walked a mile in their shoes you really don't want to be the feet yes exactly oh, wow. and the sooner we all if everyone on planet earth was authentic oh my gosh the world mm. would be balanced wouldn't it you wouldn't have people saying, "Oh, Bev's doing that, so I've got to do the same." Kem is doing that, so I've got to be. I've got to do exactly what she's doing. This person's doing. There won't. Of course, competition, healthy competition, is great, but never lose sight of who you are and who, you know, the the, the great things that are inside of you. So what Bev does, Bev is the only one who can do it the way Bev does it. Mother yeah. thinking about I want to do the same because do you know what the grace that you enjoy in that place I won't enjoy in that place because I haven't been endued with that grace to, to do you haven't been graceful yes exactly yeah wow Kemi I don't even know where to begin <laughs> ours has been a friendship that has spanned a bit you know close to a year now but you have been so refreshing every step of the way and this conversation has been nothing less than refreshing mm-hmm. i have taken so much out from myself mm-hmm. and i hope my uh, my audience my listeners will also take stuff out for themselves oh. um i like you i'm at the point where i'm writing my vision board for 2021 yeah. but i'm also taking stock of 2020 mm-hmm. and mine has been Honestly, for me, 2020 has been a series of success after blessing, after victory, after testimony. I I cannot tell you how much God has done for me in 2020. I just, that's even, that's like, we're not even going to go there because we've been here. I'm not even telling you the time (laughs) at this point because, you know, we're just not going there. But you have been so refreshing throughout my 2020 journey. And I've learned so much from you in 2020, but also just in this conversation. And I just want to say thank you for being authentically you. I want to say thank you for answering your why so that you can help other people answer their why. I want to say thank you for being open and honest um, and raw with your journey about um, what, uh, you know, COVID and, and then also just losing your mom. And the side conversations that we've had that will never come to light <laughs> have also really encouraged me. They should probably not come to light <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but have really encouraged me. And they, you're like being encountering you every time I'm with you, encountering you um, and talking to you. It makes me ask myself the thought-provoking questions. And this conversation has been no less. So thank you, Oluken. Oh, Thank you so, so much. I always knew it was going to be fantastic today, like I said. 
I know, right? <laughs> and I knew we'd definitely go over an hour, which we have. But thank you so much. It's been amazing. I've had a great time. And even in me talking, I've put a few things down for myself. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much. God truly bless you, Bev. God bless you. Thank you. So I want you to sign us off in the Beverly Speaks fashion. I want you to say my name is your name and then um, you, that you are the career doctor and that you are enough. Just those three sentences. Ah, so I'm Kemi Oyeba, career doctor and I am enough. I'm loved too. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you. You are deeply loved by me. You are more than enough. And thank you. God bless you and God bless you to the audience. I hope you enjoy this. I mean, I know you'll enjoy this. I hope you get to the end because if you don't, you're really selling yourself short. And um, we will get her back within 2021 and we're going to do something together. I, I really sense Amazing. that we're going to do something together. So watch this space. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. What can I say about Olukemi Oye, my friend? Such a breath of fresh air, despite what 2020 threw at her. She refuses to be a victim. She is challenged to go faster and scale greater heights. She is grace and beauty the proper english lady <laughs> and she is the career doctor for those of you who have been going through a really tough time she is proof positive that you can go through a tough season and come out on top that that tough season does not need to define you Again, there is no right or wrong way to do certain things, to do life, for example. But I pray that her story lifts somebody up, that it encourages somebody out there. I hear so many different stories of people who are about to give up. Some of you reach out to me through this podcast and I really want you to know that you're going to be okay and that it's going to be okay and I pray that Kemi's story tells you teaches you that if nothing else that it encourages and motivates you to wake up tomorrow and try again for now this is Bev Chahonyo signing out Reminding you now and reminding you always that you are loved and that you are truly enough. As well, it's easier to edit this one. I'll put it right there. You know what? Yeah. I hope I can edit that out. <laughs> okay.
Return to dashboard? No, we want to return to recording. Hmm. Okay, we're going to figure this out. Just now. Links. Okay, so I'm going to just download this. I'll delete it later. Okay. And then I will... It says ended. Okay. I hope it doesn't kick you out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I was just saying, I hope it doesn't kick you out and it kicked us both out. So that's fine. This is recording. It's easier for me to edit it on Anchor. Um, okay. So now I'm going to start recording here. Okay. Here. <laughs> okay, here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever it is you're listening from. My name is Bev Chahonyo, and this is Beverly Speaks. This is season three of this amazing podcast. And as you can see, we have grown and we've gone video. I got a lot of requests from a lot of you saying, you know, it would be easier, it would be better if I could do video. So here we go. Uh, we're starting fresh. Um, and it's been almost a year since I started this broadcast because... My first episode was March 11th of 2020. I have my guest here, my beautiful sister, Christina Ford. I'm going to read her profile uh, and then we're going to go into just chatting. Um, Christina Ford is an actress, a writer, a motivational speaker, a youth educator, and an entrepreneur located in Los Angeles, California. Born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, she always had a passion for entertainment and her faith in Christ at a young age. She went on to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts from Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, after graduating Spelman, she started her career in entertainment, working for MTV Networks in New York City, while also pursuing acting for Broadway, television, and film. Christina moved to LA in 2009 for her acting and producing career, working both in front and behind the camera. With a passion for fitness and her faith, she founded Fit for Life, Fit for Life, a faith-based fitness boot camp along, 
along with creator of Kings Meet Queens, which we're so going to talk about, a Christian singles ministry both to build up the, king, the kingdom. She enjoys mentoring, ministering, and motivating others, and all while enjoying her favorite foods and trying new adventures. Welcome, Christina, my sister from another mother. Yes. Hi, Beth. Hi. Oh, it's so good to finally get this going. We've had a few conversations. Um, we had the, so let me say first how we met. We met uh, through Black Christian Influencers, BCI, on Instagram. So we really have to thank Jackie for putting together that forum. Uh, all props to her. Uh, if you're an influencer, Christian, and you want to join, you know, just follow Black Christian Influ Influencers, BCI, see what we're about, and then, yeah. So, so we, we, jo we both joined the group and then I think earlier this year, somebody said, you know, there was a challenge that was posted, um, about collaborating. And I was like, yes, I want to collaborate. And a lot of people said that on the, on the, on the chat. And then it kind of went silent. And then a few days later I picked it up. I was like, does anyone want to come on my podcast? And here you are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. So, um, Tell the people about uh, the first time we spoke, actually. That was quite powerful. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I still, I still, my heart still beams from that conversation. I know. That was all God. I promise you, even just the timing of that conversation was so needed. I think it was in the middle of the week, and you and I got on the phone, and it just turned into a prayer session slash... Um, we found out so much that we had in common in yes. life that I just found such a friend and sister in you and you are just truly a gem. And I just was so grateful to God that in that conversation, I was able to develop a friendship with you. And what's crazy, and I'm not going to get too deep so fast, but I just got to say this. Just go, go, flow. So <laughs> during that time, I was fasting. And, and I was just praying, Lord, just send divine connections. And then, bam, here you go. You know, you just pop up and we have this amazing conversation, which now has developed into such a beautiful um, friendship. And now here we are on your podcast. So, so uh, let me tell you, for me, it was... I did not expect it. And I think initially we kind of struggled to find the right time to speak. You're in LA. I'm in Rome. Um, we have a, I mean, it's 10 PM your time, 10 30. It's 6 AM my time, 6 30 AM my time. So there's the time difference and just the busyness of life. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And then there's always the nervousness that, you know, the, a bit of anxiety that you're kind of not going to click you know, but we had had, we'd been chatting on, I think on WhatsApp for a bit and there was a bit of a chemistry. So I was, I was like, okay, it's now or never do or die. Let's do this. Um, and we got on the phone and I think we were on the phone for well over an hour, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, we were, we were on the phone for a good minute, you know, and it was, you know, just getting to know each other and then just finding out everything we had in common and then finding out, you know, some of the things that uh, we've experienced in the past that you that we share that we're gonna get into so you said you didn't want to get in too deep too quick so let me ease you into it with um 
since you said that, let me ease us into this with uh, some questions which I have right here. So, Christina, my darling sister, you're an actress, you're a coach, you're a motivator, you're a youth advocate, you're a matchmaker, you're a fitness guru. How do you find the time to do everything? <laughs> I know, it sounds like a lot. And I have a full-time job. <laughs> oh, and you have a full-time job. <laughs> such a blessing during this time right? yes um, it is but to do all those things um it definitely takes obedience it takes discipline um sometimes i don't have the time to do it all to be honest like i i sometimes i just can't get to everything and um i think that's okay because there's certain seasons where you're thriving and flourishing in certain areas of your passions and some you know you pick back up when you can yeah um but i I definitely try to make the time, whether it's a social media post on one of the platforms that I use for some of those things, or even if it's just checking in with, um, with, with one of the youth that I like to mentor, it could be just something simple as that, just to make sure that I'm tapped in. Um, and it doesn't have to be like I dedicate 10 hours a day, whatever, wherever that could ever work, um, to each thing. It's, it's not realistic, but I think as long as you continue to have balance and not forget or let things lie dormant for too long. I think that's like the best way that I can make sure I maintain all of those things. Okay. I've found that sometimes it helps also to have schedule certain days for certain things. So like for me, I'll dedicate um, my weekends to the podcast. Um, I'll generally record on, you know, I, I'll try to record during the week sometimes, but that gets harder and harder with just life and this season of the pandemic. It's just gotten so much harder. So, but I will generally post on Sunday mornings because I think it's a nice, encouraging message to listen to uh, on a Sunday. A lot of people listen to podcasts, you know, they're downtown uh, on Sundays. But then there's other things that I'm trying to do. There's a project I'm working on with another sister of mine who's going to come on here one day, Kemi. And we do Tuesdays. Every other Tuesday, we have a, a, a Skype date um, in the evenings after work, like you said, because we still have our full-time jobs, which, again, is such a blessing. <laughs> so it's sometimes scheduling around that. But then sometimes just life happens and you can't keep to those. So I like that, you know, you, you be intentional about whatever you want to do at that particular moment, uh, whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you, be intentional in listening to that and just following through on that. So pro tip right there, people. Um, so what keeps you going? What keeps you ticking? You know, um, I will say just to piggyback off of that, what keeps me going is like, the obedience to do certain things. Like, yeah, I would be lying if I said, I can't wait to do X, Y, and Z. It, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if my mentally, I, I'm mentally capable of like doing everything mm -hmm. um, to keep going. But honestly, God is saying, I'm giving you this assignment, daughter, to do. And I'm like, okay, that's what's keeping me going. I yeah. have work to do. Yeah. And, you know, my faith obviously is the things that, or is the thing that propels that yeah. forward. And um, I couldn't. I couldn't do any of that without my trust in the Lord and uh, my faith. But also I think about, um, you know, my future and what that could look like when it comes to my children or a family or something like that. Like I'm doing this now to create, um, to break generational curses. For Amen. Girl, preach. 
Yeah, and to, to do this for my children. Yeah. Like, this is something that I want to create for my future, um, not just for me, but for my family. And so I think about those things, and I'm like, okay, this isn't just about me. This is never just about me. It's about, you know, the future of, of whatever my life entails. So that's those are the things that keep me going so I know it's not – if I'm ever having a what was me type of day or it's a tough day and I don't feel like doing anything, I just have to think about, you know, okay, no, I got to keep going, pushing for, for the future. And sometimes it's just, you know, on those days when, when you really just want to sit and have a pity party, it's just doing that one thing. It's not doing everything. It's not fulfilling purpose on that day. It's just doing that one thing, picking up your phone and sending that one text, um, you know, or, or, you know, that just that one thing to tick off of your list because I'm sure there's a list somewhere that you're like, I need to do this and this and this. And sometimes it's just do the low hanging fruit. They'll give you motivation for the rest. And I heard somewhere this week that, um, when we are lazy, um, slothful in, in the things that God has, um, entrusted to us, that is the biggest sign of disobedience. So that, that's, that has motivated me to do a lot, like get up at five in the morning and be ready for this 6.30 a.m. broadcast because this five in the morning thing on a Sunday, I could, I could, I could be asleep, but here we are. And I'm so loving this. So, proud of you. Thank so, proud you. Of you. <laughs> so um, of everything that you do, I know you're passionate about everything, but I, I am going to ask which of all of these things that we've listed is your true passion? I think for me, um, because I have my hands in so many different things, um, they all kind of relate to one another in some form of capacity. And passion for me really lies behind impacting that next generation. Yeah. I love the youth. I love being able to see myself in these kids and to be able to say, like, I was once you, like, yeah. I was once in your shoes, and I fully understand, and here's how I want to give you all the jewels and gems that I've learned in my life for you now. Yeah. Like, I learned so much later, and I just want to impact the next generation, and that's my passion, that's my, that's my, um, reason for being, I feel like God has called me to really impact the youth. Um, so yeah, that's my passion. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, so let's talk about purpose. What do you believe you were put on this earth to do? If there's one thing you must fulfill before leaving this earth, what is it? I know this is going to sound very, very small, but this is what I know that God has given me the gift to do. And that is to encourage people. And it might sound like, well, you know, what is, that doesn't seem like a big thing at all. But for me, I know from when I was younger, when I was a, a young child, I was always the one encouraging people. That was just something that I was good at and I knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, can, I still know that that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, it could be the tiniest little thing from giving someone a compliment or just using my spiritual gifts of, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit and being able to, um, you know, give a word to somebody. It could be anything as big or small as that. But I know that if I leave this earth, 
and someone is encouraged by a word that I gave them, I know I did what I'm supposed to do on this earth. I'm grinning from ear to ear because I honestly, you've never said that to me before, but I see it. I feel it in everything that you do in every conversation that we've had. You are such a gentle spirit, but you bring so much joy. Um, and you're so concerned about people. Like you really do have compassion for people. So you know what? You're doing it. If, if, if you, the only person you ever did it was for me, then know that you did your job. So thank you for being uh, such a ray of sunshine. Thank you so much. That means so much. And I just wanted to share like really quickly that sometimes like people think that you like your purpose is to be on a big stage and to, you know, <laughs> impact thousands, thousands of people, which is probably true for, for some people. Right. But for me, I feel like if I could just impact that one, like just one, my life would be made, you know, and God has created us to, with so many gifts and so many talents and so many abilities, like Bev, you, you are like so multi-talented just from what I'm hearing when I keep your story and I'm like, just impacting that one, like you did, you did a job well done. And I think that is, that speaks volumes. Amen to that. You know, we could go into that deep, but let's just keep going. Um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so yeah, we met, you know, not too long ago and we had the most divine connection. How would you describe that connection? And I think we've talked about it a little bit and the friendship that is growing out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think God connects, he aligns, he truly um, creates relationships that are for the kingdom to build up the kingdom. And I'm so blessed that we get to foster this relationship and to, um, just build off of similar experiences. Um, and ones that, um, we can help others, you know, go through certain seasons of their life because we've been through them. Yeah. And, um, I think with you, Bev, I just see, a sister, a confidant, a prayer warrior. Go and pray, girl. Um, I the first time I heard you pray, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was literally no lie running around my apartment because you you blessed my socks off, and Amen. I was in tears. So the the budding that I see from our friendship and sisterhood is it's so beautiful and um like i'm like i'm one of those friends that you stuck with me so girl i have friends from when i was six years old we're good we are good <laughs> and i i just like that um god aligned our paths in the right season uh after we had been through very many similar um experiences having grown up on different continents and living currently on different continents, thank God for technology, but he aligned our seasons and our lives for such a time as this. So while we encourage each other and, and in doing whatever it is he has called us to do, I, I just pray, <clears throat> actually my prayer for this relationship is that we will never go astray from his will, that we will always seek his will with this friendship. Uh, we will never go ahead of him. We will never lag behind him. And we will never go outside of the confines that he has set for us. 
that we will fulfill pur purpose with this friendship because i truly believe that every relationship has a purpose every relationship is you, you don't just meet people to meet people you meet people to impact people and <clears throat> whether we like it or not sometimes we Im impact people negatively uh sometimes positively so let's just keep going and keep dedicating it to him amen <laughs> amen, amen. Okay, we have a lot of ground to cover, so let's delve into one of the heaviest topics, which is grief. Mm -hmm. 2020 was a tough year for you. Uh, you lost your mom. Uh, how are you? How is your heart? Mm, I love that question. How is your heart? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, it, 2020 was a hard year for so many people. Yeah. Um, with COVID and the losses of so many people. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, my heart is healing. I can't say that I'm doing great and I'm okay. And I'm, I can't say that I'm in a sunken place either. Cause I'm, I'm not, but I'm, I'm healing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm still healing <laughs> and, um, it's a process and a journey, but I'm getting through it one day at a time and i like to say <clears throat> so for anybody who's encountering me for the first time i lost my dad in 2018 so it's whew, coming on three years like i can't even believe that i can say that without yeah. falling apart but i think sometimes when we say one day at a time it's too much to ask so sometimes it's just one breath at a time sometimes it's just one moment at a time uh, and you will have those triggers. I'm not an expert on grief or on healing. I'm just telling my story the way I've uh, journeyed through this valley. Um, you will have times when you remember them with fondness and joy. And then you will have times when a song or a smell or a sound triggers you. And what I would say to that is it's okay in those moments to stop and take a minute and engage fully in that moment intentionally in that experience, whether it's sitting down to have a cry or sitting down to have a laugh or looking at a picture or just sitting down to remember them. Um, and it's okay. And I'll say to you what I say to a lot of my friends, um, just generally, not, ju not just about grief, but if you're ever having one of those moments and you can't talk, but you need somebody to pray, send me a text saying, SOS. I don't need to know what it's about. I will stop and I will pray for you. So sometimes you just need somebody to pray for you. Yes. How has that, um, what did grief do to you? Because grief, grief impacts you in such a way that you come out on the other side. I, I said, and I am publishing my book this year, um yes on my journey through grief um so grief leaves you you come out on the other side a different animal you you do come out a different beast um either you come out and you are bitter you come out and you are better and willing to reach out and help other people through their season uh, you come out withdrawn or you come out and you are embracing life so what has it done to you I feel like I've been through all of those stages that you just mentioned. Um, I feel like over the last year, because it'll be a year, um, March 28th, uh, wow. coming up next wow. month. So um, coming up on that year mark, I feel like I've 
I've withdrawn from a lot of things, um, people, my, my passions, um, things that I used to enjoy, I could not get into. Um, and I didn't understand why. And I was like, oh, I had to talk to a group counselor. And they're like, oh, because that's great. Girl, we're getting to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so grieving for me, I've never experienced it on this level before. I've lost other loved ones, but this one hits different when it's a parent. It does. And, um, you know, you definitely come out on the other side. Well, I guess there is no other side yet because you're still going through it. But um, I think right now I, I appreciate life. I want to do the things that make me happy. I don't want to um, live a life of complacency or comfortability or mediocrity. Um, but I want to live for now. Yeah. Like, I want to I wanna enjoy everything that I know I can enjoy and create start creating a life for the future now because life is but a vapor so Oof. why not create that now yeah um you know and listen I might get real deep now but I'm just saying when we are called home to be with our heavenly father and we are sitting up in our heavenly mansions that he has laid out for us you know, it makes you think about our loved ones there mm -hmm. and how they don't want to be back on this earth. They are living their best lives right now. And it, when I'm ready to be called home, um, you're talking about like our purpose and passion and what we're called to do on here, here on this earth. It's like, you know, if we could just continue to just do the things that we are called to do, whether it be encouraging somebody, you doing your podcast and your book, that is that is like God saying, well done. Yeah. And um, just to know that you created something and that you did something and that you impacted people. Like, I think coming out on that side after pain and hurt um, and loss, you know, that, that to me is, is victory. Even if it's just something small, that is victory. I mean, you've touched on so many things. I don't know which direction to go. <clears throat> I'll start with, <laughs> I think it's really important. And I think we don't say it enough. I think we don't uh, give people enough access. But I think it's extremely important to go through grief counseling. Because you are navigating something you have never navigated before. Even if you have experienced loss before, it was a different person. You were a different person. So for me, what really pushed me through that very, very dark season was being able to sit with my counselor and just say, I'm having a bad day. And him beginning to explain, like you said, I didn't understand why I was withdrawing. I literally built a cocoon around myself. The, even my family still says, oh, she's gone into her cocoon again. I'm not as bad, but I literally just wanted the world to stop. And I didn't understand why the, the sun was still shining and everyone was still laughing and the world was still spinning and my world had fallen apart. And you almost want people to be with you in that dark place, but then you want them to treat you normal. Um, and then you're so conflicted within yourself. You're angry, you're sad, you're guilty about being alive, being happy. There's so much compounded in that. And I don't think that enough people 
actually go to process it. And and I'm not saying that everybody's going to go to a grief counselor and it's going to work for them. I'm just saying that give it a chance and see whether or not it works for you. Uh, and I almost want to say, and I think this is a reckless statement actually, that nine times out of 10, it's going to work because I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that grief counseling works. I, I would encourage anybody to, to whether it's seeing a counselor one-on-one -on -one or to, or joining a, a group, I don't know. I would just, I, and I pray that people have access to that. And this is one of the reasons why Beverly Speaks for me um, has reached out to so many people because I talked about, especially in my very early episodes, I talked about my journey um, and I talked about, you know, just the feeling, the different feelings. And people would reach out to me and say, that's exactly what I'm going through. Or I have a friend who just lost her son and I'm going to send her your podcast and the person would reach out to me so it's it's normalizing grieving it's normalizing grief counseling and then it's normalizing telling your story because you don't know who's whose life you're touching and and how you're impacting their lives amen yeah amen yeah. grief counseling is definitely something that um i didn't appreciate until i went through a season that i i didn't take advantage of it and I know this might sound so strange and I don't, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but my only time of emoting and crying was with my grief counselor. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but like, it's something wrong with me because I was not emoting and I wasn't like fully, fully letting it out on my own until I got with my grief counselor. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I feel so much better because I'm able to release that. And I, I don't know. It was just something that they were able to tap into that I wasn't able to do on my own that I was able to just fully let things release. I'll tell you what my experience was. Um, my grief counselor, and I'm, I'm blessed enough that I work at a place where they do have staff counselors. Uh, and he was amazing in just allowing me to slowly come out of this place I had built to protect my heart. Um, so I went from, you know, my father was sick for a, a few years and then we lost him and it was just such an intense time. And like me, I suspect you're a doer. So you go into action mode, what needs to be done, what needs to be checked, what needs to be, what do we need to finish and do, 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 do. And you go, go, go. You don't take care of yourself during that time. And I literally remember one day a friend of mine taking away my, I had two phones, I taking away my two phones and locking me in the room and telling me you need to sleep. That's after she had literally spoon fed me in the middle of the day. Um, and that's after she had driven me to, to the mortuary, to the funeral home to see my father, because I hadn't seen him since, since he had passed and I didn't want to go with my family. There was just so much going on. <laughs> and she took my phones away and she's like, when you're needed, I will come for you. And she locked me in my room. Uh, and I was out for like, I think it was three hours. And I did not realize, Christina, I hadn't slept in days. I had not slept in days. So what my counselor allowed me to do was to just sit there and process. He did not tell me what I needed to do. He asked me questions that led me to talk about what I was going through. Uh, and in talking about it, it unleashed a floodgate. 
And I would sit there uh, at the cafeteria at the office and bawl my eyes out. And he'd be like, do you want to, you know, or sometimes we'd have it in his office and he'd be like, you know, do you need to go home? Do you need to take time off? And I'd be like, no. And I remember, I know some people are going to hear this and they'll be like, really? I remember how hard it was for me to even, because he would be like, you know, just take a couple of days. You need a couple of days. And I'd be like, no, I don't want anybody to know that we're even having this conversation because it was a new job. Okay, so let me go back. So we buried my father on a, on a Saturday. Um, a week later, not even a week, the next Thursday, I had a job interview. And the Thursday after that, I started a new job. So this was, I was like, no, I don't want anybody to have this conversation with me about you know, I'm going home because I need a, a, a mental health day, which is okay. And it's accepted in the organization. But in my mind, I'm new. I'm a consultant. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. And then I remember him telling me, do you realize that you have control issues? And I was like, yep. Yep. He's like, do you want to talk about that? I was like, listen, buddy, that's not why we came here. This is not why we're here. We're here to deal with grief. He's like, but you're even trying to control the grief. And I'm like, yep. So can we now move on and talk about the grief? But it has taught me to allow myself to be. Allow myself to let go slowly in my own ways. Allow myself to feel and allow myself to be, to be taken care of by the people yeah. who love me. So, yeah. But out of that journey... Okay, before I, before I even get to that question, tell us about, you know, the journey leading up to losing her. You were her primary caregiver. You were with her uh, through yes. it all. And that takes a toll on you. So how was that for you? Yeah, um, I, I'll back it up. So in 2019, um, she retired and she moved to Charleston, South Carolina, um, and bought her dream home. And she moved down there, um, and she just was complaining that she wasn't feeling well. And it was, um, I, I just, I just was concerned. I said, "Mom, you need to take yourself to the doctor." You know, like what's going on? This isn't normal. And June first, twenty nineteen, she took herself to the emergency room, and they said she had stage four ovarian cancer. And they gave her emergency surgery. They did that. Um, I mean, she had so many tumors. I mean, huge tumors that they removed. Um, it was a, it was almost a miracle that she was able to like survive and 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 live through you know just having those tumors. And um, she went through rehab, went through chemo, and I'm I'm in LA, so I'm having to travel back and forth between LA and uh, Charleston to take care of her, make sure she's okay. And luckily we had, um, you know, my aunt, her sister to help me, you know, go through all this, but I am the primary caregiver. So I'm having to like leave work and, you know, trying to uh, balance all of this. And uh, there was a point where she was doing great and responding to the chemo. And we thought we were on the up and up and we were excited and celebrating like, the victory of her beating this. Um, and unfortunately, um, they didn't schedule her doctor's appointment for three months after her last chemo, which I thought was so strange. And she started not to feel well again. 
and she was like, I don't feel good. So going into 2020, she got diagnosed um, that the cancer, I came back very, very aggressively and she didn't have much longer. Um, so we did everything. I mean, we took her to other cancer centers across the country to get second opinions and all of that. And um, there was nothing they could do. And so I'm, I'm literally trying to take care of her, um, fly her back and forth, um, you know, get in-home care nurses, you know, to help because I can't be there every day. I'm trying to fly back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast, which is not, you know, it's not a quick trip. It's six hours on the plane, you know. Um, so I was doing a lot. And then it got to the point where the doctor said, you know, she doesn't have much longer. She has, we don't know, maybe a week or four weeks. We don't know. So I flew out there. She went into hospice and was doing home hospice for a little bit, and that became too much. And we put her in a hospice facility and, um, you know, was there, was so blessed and grateful to be there in the last days of her life. And, um, you know, I was able to, the Lord was able to give me dreams and prepare me, to be honest with you. Or else, <laughs> I don't know how I would have been able to process, but the Lord gave me dreams, um, showed me her mansion in heaven, showed me um, that she would be okay. Um, and I didn't fully want to accept that, but I knew that um, she was making her transition. And similar to you, I just got offered a full-time position um, at another, at a, the same company, but a different department. And I'm supposed to start a new job. <laughs> um, and so I went into right after her passing, starting this brand new position. And it's been a world ever since. Yeah. Um, trying to get through this plus COVID, you know, and being in COVID, I couldn't give her the homegoing that she, you know, proper homegoing. Um, so all of those things, um, was probably the most traumatic um, thing I've ever had to deal with. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful to God because I don't know what I would have done without him. I truly have been shown the strength of the Lord, strength of the Lord um, through this season. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm getting through it, like you said, breath by breath. Yeah. Breath by breath. Yeah. And um, for anyone who's experienced it like you and I, you know, I'm sure they've gone through um, scenarios and situations and feeling overwhelmed and, and dealing with grief in ways that um, are debilitating and crippling. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're just grateful to God that he can continue to hold you yeah. and keep you. Yeah. Yeah. You have taken me back to like a season. I call it um a season of firsts, and you hate that season. You know the first birthday without them. Oh. You're coming up on you know one year, the first Christmas, the first okay. time you pick up the phone and you realize you can't call them. Yes. And through it, I will say this. Now I can recognize still how blessed I was 
because I had such a strong support system. Uh, we did not go through it through COVID. There were other challenges, don't get me wrong, but I, I had and still have such a strong support system. My church came out and just, like they literally kicked us out of the kitchen and they're like, you know, the ladies were like, we're, we're doing the cooking during the day to take care of the family. Um, my mom's church, I mean, just just such family. And then you find that sometimes the people you would have known, you would have bet your life that they would have ridden through this storm, through hell with you. And they're like, I'm not even going to go there because that's a whole other podcast. And oh, then you- yeah. <laughs> another time yeah and you and and you have to go through that um and then you have questions of yourself could i have done things differently um could i have been there for them more did i say everything i needed to say um am i living the best life that they would have expected me to live then you go through anger so what's the hardest part about grieving for you um, you have me crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hold it in. I know, I know. I, got, I have my tissue over Girl, here. Girl, I have a pack. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> oh, the hardest part about reading, um, to be honest with you, is sometimes people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. They feel like it's the elephant in the room. They feel like it might bring up things and it might make you upset. For me, like being isolated can, is probably a blessing and a curse, to be honest with you, yeah. because, um, you know, I'm working from home. I don't really see anyone. And I probably needed that yeah. um, over the past year just to kind of just be still and not so much energy around and being at work and people acting like there's that you know the world's happening all around you and but your world is stopped you yeah. know so I'm grateful that I actually had just my alone time but also you're sitting here in the four walls of your apartment wondering they start shrinking and closing in on you yes and so honestly being being in COVID and grieving has been a struggle because I I don't know I can't busy myself like I normally could, or I couldn't see my friends from church or be around them or, or anything like that. And I think when people don't, although they might think they're doing you a favor, um, for me, what's helpful is when people ask about her or, you know, and like, she's, I don't want them to think that she's never, she doesn't exist or she didn't exist. Like she's very much still present and um, that's been the hardest part is like not being able to have those conversations about her that, um, you know, I wish I could have. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hardest part for me. Grief is a very uncomfortable topic for the world. Cause sometimes even when you've been through it, you're like, should I reach out? Should I not? Then you don't yeah. want to project your experiences and your feelings so you're like, okay, let me, let me do things the proper way. There is nothing proper about grief. It is ugly. Let's just get that out there. It's gonna get yeah. ugly. Um, and I say in one of the chapters of my book that, um, that I appreciate the people who were willing to push past this thick wall of grief, this thick wall of darkness and come into my 
valley and sit with me there. Sometimes it's not about saying the right thing. Sometimes it's just about your presence being there. You know, I'm thinking about you. How is your heart? I don't ask how are you doing because on any given day, that could be like, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So for me, it's how is your heart today? Just today, how is your heart? You know, um, is there anything I can do? Or I'm praying for you. Or a memory. If you have memories with this person, um, you know, I thought about this today and I know that it's hard for you. So I'm praying for you or I'm thinking about you. And it's those little things. And then for those who you have a closer relationship with, it's pushing further and saying, no, really, how is your heart? Really, how are you? Really, how are you doing? How are you processing? You know, so yeah, it's, it's a journey. And, um, (sighs) did you have a question, God? You know, I, I didn't only because he prepared me. Um, he showed me, um, beforehand and I had to have peace with that. And I, I couldn't question him after what he showed me. Um, I had a lot of questions about like, maybe why now or why, um, why did it have to be, you know, the way that it did, like, why did it have to be then? Why did it have to be right when she retired? Like I asked those questions, but I didn't question why God took her from me. Um, which is bizarre, but, um, I, I still wonder like, well, wh- why do you have to do it? Then, you know, like, why couldn't it be later? Why couldn't it be after I had children? Why couldn't it be after I got married? Why couldn't it be after these (laughs) that you want to enjoy with your mom, you know, or your parent? It's it's just like, why then? You know, Uh, because we know it's coming. Like, it's inevitable. Our our parents are going to transition, but why then? You know, Um, and so those are the questions that I that I had, but I didn't question God, in in the sense of. you know, my faith or, or why did he do this to her? It was just, it's just more of a question of the timing. Mm, mm. I, yeah. I, my experience was slightly different. I, I think I did question him. Um, but it, it was, it's almost like an oxymoron. I did question him, but I knew that the only thing that was keeping me going and that would get me through was him. So I had a season where I was like, we're not talking right now. Let me just stay in my corner and mope a little bit, a lot bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I had those questions. And I think also when, if we're normalizing talking about grief, it's okay for a Christian to ask God questions. It's okay. Yeah. Because absolutely. I think a lot of times the church expects you to just, it is well. No, it's not well. Let's just hold up, hold up. It's not well. It's not well right now. It may be well in the future. I don't know what that looks like, but I just don't come at me with those Christianis, Chris, Christianese, you know. And 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 even while saying that, I will say this: it's not ill-intentioned, and I recognize that. But I think we need to be intentional in everything that we're doing. So. Yeah, I did question him. I still sometimes do. I still sometimes have conversations. I went through a season when there was no conversations. And he was just there holding me. 
Um, and then I went through and, and I still have triggers as well. Um, I think last week, last week was a tough week for me. Um, I came across, uh, you know, one of those Facebook memories and I didn't realize it was a video. It was a video and it had my nephews and my nieces. And then he was in like three of those pictures and I just was not ready. I wasn't ready, you know, and I kind of just, it threw me for a loop and I was like, this feels like they won again you know and then like you it's like you know why didn't you wait to walk me down down the aisle to see my kids and i do remember telling him when he was in the hospital you know you can't it's not yet time you haven't held my children you know so then there's okay god so you take over you take over because right now i have nothing i have nothing left it has to be you taking over so god and i are in a good place now but i think it has to be okay for um anybody and especially Christians, to have a conversation and say, God, I don't understand, and I'm not okay, and I'm not okay with how it happened, but you are still God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen. And, you know, I, I throughout this year, after losing her, um, I, I went through, I'm still going through a season of, like, like it's hard for me to pray, Lord. Like, yeah. I, I kind of find my groove again, because I was believing for her healing. Right, so girl. And, uh, so when people ask me, what can I pray for? I'm like, I don't know. Because like, I for so long, my, my belief in my prayer was for her healing. Mm. And so I don't know what I need prayer for anymore. And so that was always the struggle. It's still a struggle of what when people say, well, how can I pray for you? I'm like, I don't know. And I don't even know how to pray for myself sometimes because that's really the, the focal point of my prayer life for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that thing so, is taken away and there's this void and then there's a, a bit of silence and God still speaks in different ways, but it's not audibly, audibly you and him having a conversation about it and kind of right. hashing it out. So you're like, I don't know what to do with this void and this space and this hole. Uh, what I found helped was... Anytime somebody, well, after a while, not immediately, but after a while, when I would get a chance to pray for somebody else, that's how I started praying again. And then how I process things, a lot of times I journal. So I started journaling and that's what turned into this book that's coming. I think, I think in, by August I'll be, it'll be out, out, out. So um, it's called Hugs from the Father. So it's it's incidents where I saw my dad, like his hand in a lot of things that I was going through, even after he, he was, you know, not here after he had gained his angel wings and knowing that God had stepped in and said, I was always your father and I got you, you know? So it's through that journaling that I was able to really be raw about everything that I was going through and then turn it around into a positive. So find what works for you and don't feel pressure and don't feel guilty about not being able to pray. Yeah. I, I, I had to come to that um, conclusion that, you know, this is just a season and, you know, you, especially like when we got on the phone and we prayed together, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely there. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just not where it used to be. And I just know that it's, it's grief. Um, and, uh, we'll get, we'll get back, we'll get back to the way it was before. Or you'll get it, to a different place. Yes. You'll get to a different place <laughs> because you've grown through it and you come to understand him 
differently through it and your relationship matures so one breath at a time one breath at a time <laughs> yeah love that yeah yes. yeah so we're not even halfway through the questions but we're just gonna keep going <laughs> um <laughs> uh I think we've talked about the next question. I was going to say, while being well-intentioned, sometimes the advice we get from people isn't the best. Okay, so what's the one thing you would advise people to not do with somebody who's grieving? Ooh, to not do. Um, I think you hit it when you say it, when they say, well, how are you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing good. Like, I, I don't know if they're expecting for me to divulge my all of my emotions at that very moment um which i it's not an ill, Ill intent thing it's it's not anything that's uh, that comes from a bad place it's just like how are you it's i just, mean we haven't spoken in a month how am i i don't know i don't know yeah that's, <laughs> it's i'm not great right um, <laughs> to be you know and so or it's um it just takes time yeah yeah um, and I'm like, time heals know, all wounds. Well, 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 uh, I think time <clears throat> equips you with the tools to move on knowing that things will never be the same again. Mm -hmm. It gives you the luxury of being able to look back and remember them fondly and not melt into a bowl of spaghetti every time you think about them yeah. um healing is a very different thing to different people so i don't know about time heals all wounds i just know that time helps you to cope better over time that's good yeah that's yeah good. um and what one last one uh -huh. that i remember um be strong no don't be strong girl cry be a mess break down trying to pick my one foot up off the floor and put one of them in front of the other right the right right I'm as strong as i can be right now you know so that be strong it's it it for some reason it, it gets under my skin i don't know why but i'm doing the best that i can i am being strong for but me, I it was you do need to be allowed. Yes, yes, because you just lost a part of your heart, and it's that simple. For me, it was um, call me if you need me. What? When? <laughs> okay, yeah. you wait for that call. The call probably never came. And again, I know it wasn't ill-intentioned but we must be intentional with how we deal if this was a four-year-old child would we tell them call me if you need me because at that point at some point your mind is not functioning like a well-seasoned no. well-adjusted adult it's not so call me if you need me um okay i will sit here and try and remember to breathe i will okay. sit here and try and remember to to be there for the people who are who are going through this with me or and who love me i will sit here 
and try and not get angry at certain situations and things as because i think death brings out the worst in in us you know i will sit here and try and not cuss you out i will sit here and try and not question god i will not sit here and try and remember to call you because that makes it about you and in this season i need it to be about me and i know that sounds selfish but that's what i need to be able to get through it you yeah. know that's so. that's so key. I, I, I can't deal with that either. I'm like, I can barely call, you know, myself. I can barely <laughs> remember where my phone God. is. Yeah. And so I, that, that's true. And the other thing too, is that, you know, I get it that people have lost, you know, cousins, sisters, other family members who and are even so near. Parents, even parents, even parents. But, you know, when it's like trying to put on their, put their losses into your loss, it, it's, it just, it's hard enough just yeah. to listen to someone else's grief, let alone deal with your own. Yeah. And so like trying to put on how you deal with your own grief is, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And everybody handles it so differently. So you've yes. got to be very yes. tender with everyone, yes. you know? Yes. It's a tough journey. It is. And and I think with in hindsight, um, I wish I could say that, you know, I would have wanted to be more <clears throat> intentional and kinder. Because I think sometimes it just brought out the ugly in me. Uh, and I was not necessarily the nicest person. Um, I wish I could say that I would have wanted to. But at the same time, I can't apologize for... I did not, it was a first for me. I did not know how, when, why, what, if, who. I just, there's just so many dynamics. So while I can sit here and say, I, I, I do want to apologize for anybody who may have been hurt through my grief journey. Mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me. I will not apologize for grieving. No. The only way I knew how to grieve. Yeah. So maybe some words and actions could have been taken back or done differently. Um, but that's all I got right now. Forgive me for being ugly in an ugly season. Uh, love me through the ugly season. And I pray that I can do the same to some, for someone else. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who feels that way, I'm very open to having a conversation about it. That's all I got. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Uh, if your mother were here, what's the one thing you'd want to tell her? If my mom were here, I would tell her that I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I'm okay. I, I, that to give her the confidence to know that she raised a great daughter and that, um, like, Oh gosh, we start crying now. I know, I know. I'm trying not even to, not to even look at the screen. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to cry. This is a safe um, space. Thank you. Um, but that um, that she raised a great daughter, and that um, she did a job well done as a mom. And and then I'm okay. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get some tissue. Get your tissue. <laughs> I had it ready because I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
she did raise an amazing, amazing human being. Um, and while you are may not be all the way okay in, in being healed or whole, you're doing the best you can, and I think she'd be proud of you. I do. I truly do. I think so, too. Yeah. You know? And I give her credit. You know, she did a great... She would She would love knowing that she did a great job as yeah. a mom. Yeah, she did. She did. And she would love that. 